Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. Hello, Ivy Church. Hello, Ivy Church. Welcome to Ivy Church. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. You see, 
in order to fully know just how deep and wide and vast, how unending Jesus' love is for us, then our head knowledge has to become heart knowledge. And when you have that transformation, when you experience that transformation, then you'll experience the overwhelm as you realize just how much you are loved by your Heavenly Father. And the Bible tells us this in the book of Ephesians we read. In fact, what we're going to do right now is we are going to stand together and we're going to speak these words that Paul writes out aloud as a prayer for us all. So wherever you are right now, please do stand and the words will come up on the screen. Together we say, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. Amen. Please do take a seat. You see, in the end, the most important thing, the only thing that really counts is love. But before I carry on and before we unpack this some more, I want to say to you that I have no idea what your personal situation is right now. And I want to acknowledge that even the word love will bring up lots of different thoughts and feelings and emotions for each one of us. And I'm particularly conscious that some of you may never have experienced the love of your earthly father, or you have had hard and difficult relationships that have had love in them. I wonder if it is the words, I love you, have never actually been said to you or over you by your earthly dad. And that is so hard. Yet the Bible says, in regard to God's love for you, it says that whatever your upbringing, whatever your birth, whoever your parents, whatever your schooling, whatever your social background, it does not matter. You are a child of God. You belong to God's family and he loves you. And you can have this head-to-heart transformation. And that comes through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is my prayer for you right now. That you would experience the love of the Heavenly Father today, perhaps for the first time. And he is a Heavenly Father who promises to never leave or forsake you. And who loves you with an unending love. So I ask that you bear that in mind as we move forward with this talk and that we look at the importance of exercising the spiritual gifts we've been talking about through love. And if you're thinking, well, I'd like to, Louise, but I don't know how to do it, then do not discount yourself. Because when you know love, that is God, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, and he gives you the ability to do so much more than you could ever imagine. 
And so today we're concluding our series of easily desiring spiritual gifts. And you might be wondering why we're ending this series talking about love. Like, what does that have to do with desiring spiritual gifts? Well, actually, love is the key. Love is the most important supernatural gift that we have. And throughout this series, we've been reading chapter 12 of the first letter written to the church in Corinth that goes through a list of all the spiritual gifts. But then Paul goes on to say this in chapter 13. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. He says, If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. And if I were to be so generous as to give away everything I own to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial, but when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters, for I saw things like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured, and I set aside my childish ways. For now we see but a faint reflection of riddles and mysteries, as though reflected in a mirror, but one day we will see face to face. My understanding is incomplete now, but one day I will understand everything, just as everything about me has been fully understood. Until then, there are three things that remain, faith, hope, and love, yet love surpasses them all. So above all else, let love be the beautiful prize for which you win. Faith, hope, and love, yet love surpasses them all. You see, if the gifts that we've been looking at are not done through love, then the supernatural uh, acts that we read about in Corinthians, well, they're not supernatural. They're just ordinary. And as we read this book, we can see that what is happening is that the church of Corinth who, as a group, enjoyed a bit of drama and they enjoyed a bit of excitement, they were exercising the spiritual gifts, except they'd forgotten the main gift of all. They'd forgotten love. They'd made the gifts all about themselves. They hadn't made them about love. So Paul wrote this next chapter to remind them, and us now, 
that the goal of the gifts is to never make the gifts our own goal. The focus and the goal of the gifts is love. I read this great quote um, about love a few months ago, and it came from a pastor who was speaking about this very passage. And at the end of the talk, he says this. He says, love is that thing which, if a church has it, it doesn't really need much else. And if it doesn't have it, whatever else it has doesn't really matter very much. That's the point Paul's making when he's writing this letter. He's reminding us that without love, we may as well not bother doing anything else. He's talking to us about this incredible love that is unrestricted. It is unlimited. It has depth and it has fullness. And in the Bible, there's four words used for love. There's brotherly love, romantic love, family love, and then there's agape love. And that is the word in this passage. This is the agape love Paul's talking about. It's a love that's not based on our feelings or our emotions. It's not a type of love about approval or having affection from somebody. It is so much more than that. It is unending. It is unconditional love. It's a love that comes as a free gift, and that's not because the person receiving it has done anything to deserve it, but because the person giving it wants to give it. It's choosing to love even when we don't feel like it. It's a type of love that's willing to lay down your life to save people who don't even care about you. It's the way that God loves us. And it is the love that God showed to us by sacrificing his precious son for us. And therefore, the way that God calls us to act towards others too. So when we consider desiring spiritual gifts, he's talking about in this letter, the tongues, prophecy, gifts that are given to all of us to use. And that is really exciting But Paul's reminding us that they're not worth anything if it's not always about agape love for others. Love is essential, essential to the life of the church. So let me ask you a question. How do you feel when you read what love should look like? And when I read it, I had to ask myself, like, Louise, are you always kind? No. Am I always patient? Definitely not. Am I selfish at times and want my own way? Absolutely I do. Can I be easily irritated? Yeah, for sure, when I'm tired or life's busy. Do you relate to any of that? Yet do I long to make sure that I love better? That the way I love people can make them feel safe and seen and secure and loved and wanted, I 100% do. I can choose, I can always choose that way. And it's not easy, but Jesus never promised that it would be. And the love that Paul is talking to us here is telling us that when we love, then our patience for others will follow. Not being patient in the like hurry up kind of way, but in loving one another through weaknesses and through making allowances for one another. I think that he means that when you know love, 
you also have an insight into yourself. And you know that to love really well takes time and it takes effort. It takes failing and trying again. And it takes the need for a bucket load of forgiveness. Yet that's exactly how God acts towards us. And when we know love, then we are learning to love the Jesus way. Matthew 7 verse 12, in Jesus' words says, In everything, do to others as you would have them do to you. So when you know love and he lives in you, you get to choose to practice this. It is that word, choose again. It's about the choice that you make in a moment. So we've been talking about desiring and practicing the spiritual gifts. And one question that you might ask is, how can I use my spiritual gifts today? But perhaps the better question to ask yourself is this, how can I choose to love people today? You see, it is possible to use the gifts without loving people. But if you make the goal loving people, you will use your spiritual gifts because it takes the emphasis off you and it puts the emphasis on them. You see, Paul's not saying in this passage, well, you should therefore stop using the gifts. But what he's saying is come at them with a different heart. Come at them with a different way of being. Choose the Jesus way. For me, the one person who shows me how to love so well is my little boy, Noah. When I'm out with him and there's a homeless person sitting outside a shop, he makes us go and ask if they would like anything. And sometimes, to be honest, I'm like, we haven't got time, Noah. We're in a rush. And sometimes I just don't really want to. But yet he's so insistent. So we go and ask. And recently, there's been a homeless guy sitting outside our local Tesco. And as we pulled up in the car a few weeks ago, Noah and I had the same chat we always do. Can we get this in for a month? So this time, we got chatting to him and found out his name and what he'd really like from us. But unfortunately, the contact list in the shop wasn't working, and I had no other way of paying except to scramble around in the car for the pound that I used for the trolley. So we bought him a bar of chocolate and just said, we're really sorry. And he was totally fine. However, the next time we saw him, Noah was like, Mum, there's Jay. Let's get him a strawberry milkshake because he said he really likes them and we couldn't get him one last time. So we did, and Jay was so thankful. And I was so thankful for Noah, who'd once again shown me to love unconditionally despite the seeming cost to me. Love the way that God loves us. Maybe how we show this love to others is to sacrifice something we might want to do for the person we love because actually that's going to make their life so much more bearable because we're choosing to learn to love the Jesus way. I wonder what that looks like for you in your own context. You know, that Jesus always asked people, how can I help you? What can I do for you? He never assumed anything. He wanted to know what they wanted. And so what does that look like for us 
while we might see someone and see that they've an injury or maybe see them in physical pain and assume that they want prayer for healing, but actually what they really want is someone to simply ask, how are you? How are you doing? Choose to love first, and I believe that everything else will flow from there. So as I come into land, just as those people who I described in the Love Actually clip, waiting for their loved ones to come through the arrivals gate, to be welcomed with the biggest, longest, loving embrace, that is exactly how God receives each one of us. Like he is here in the arrivals lounge waiting for us to experience the love he has for us. We can choose to experience the love of the Heavenly Father. And because he's like that for us, that's how we can be full of love for one another. We need to be operating our spiritual gifts through the gift of love. There is no other way. I believe that God's love for us is the greatest supernatural act of the church that there will ever be. And as Paul says, that in the end, the only thing that counts, the only thing that will last into eternity is love. Love is the truest mark of a supernatural community that is really all about Jesus.